left, you better back up. We don't have enough road to get up to 88. Roads? We're going, we don't need roads. Science fiction is an existential metaphor. It allows us to tell stories about the human condition. Isaac Asimov once said, individual science fiction stories may seem as trivial as ever to the blinder critics and philosophers of today. But the core of science fiction, its essence has become crucial to our salvation. Tell me how many lights you see. There are four lights! So this is how liberty dies. Welcome to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Scott Herzog. Good evening. I am Miles B. McLaughlin. I'm Chrissy Raffensperger. And I am Dave Sellers. Yes, you are, Dave Sellers. It's uh, very good to have everyone back here at the diner in this uh, COVID-friendly show because, after all, we're doing just takeout tonight here at the diner. And uh, Miles, why don't you tell us a little bit about what's on the takeout menu for customers that are coming to pick up? Sure. So we are going to talk about what's going on in our sci-fi world. We're also got some um, news about the Shore Leave Convention. And um, for those of you that are, you know, quarantining, uh, there's nine adventurous uh, time travel TV shows to go back. And uh, remember the word before lockdown. Uh if you're a Disney Plus subscriber, and I'm sure most of our listeners are, uh, got some good news for uh, for May the Fourth, and uh, some some shows to look forward to on some of the uh, streaming channels and networks. And we'll have an interview with uh, Brent Larson, a comic book writer with uh, Silverline. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll have another story in there. We're going to talk about the importance of movie theaters now that uh, we're being forced not to go to them. And that's, yes. uh, that's really, uh, so how important are they? So we're going to talk a little bit about that, have a little bit about that discussion. Well, that sounds like a good menu to kind of get going on. And like we always do, we got kind of start with our appetizers. And that's just like, what is going on in our science fiction world? And Miles, man, it looks like you have a menu. You've been making the most of uh, COVID-19. Yeah, I've probably hit the appetizers a little too hard. But, uh, <laughs> well, you know, sometimes they're just better than the main meal. And Well, but to be fair, we're kind of catching up. We didn't do our sci-fi world last time recorded. So some of this list includes what, what I saw beforehand. So Okay. Just to be fair. So I uh, started getting into uh, Cowboy Bebop. It's, a, it's an anime show. I'm sure a lot of our listeners have watched it and enjoyed it. I haven't watched it yet. It's on Hulu. It, it's um, very It's carefully. very good. Oh, you've watched it. Good. So <laughs> I'm liking it. Uh, yes. I'm hoping that they will, that there's talk of Netflix doing a live action version. Bad idea. Because okay. live action films and anime yeah. never work. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that is true. They, they, they don't have a good uh, track record, but they got to get it right once. Well, you know, you get a, what is it? A thousand monkeys in a room. One of them is bound to produce Shakespeare one of these times. But. Exactly. <laughs> so it, uh, <laughs> but Yes. <laughs> we'll see. Um, and for preparation for our, our Star Trek pilot rewatch, um, 
I'll watch it again, but I watched uh, Where No Man Has Gone Before. Uh, watch the CWS Flash and Legends. They're going to be wrapping up their season soon. Hey, can I can I interrupt you here for a second? They uh, we got to talk about that. So Where No Man, that's our next show, right? Yes. And is it true that Miles, you lined up the man to come help us talk about that? Yes. Uh, so Mr. Michael Jan Friedman will be joining us, and I'm excited about that. He's written many Star Trek novels that I have enjoyed over the years. He has a strong affinity for, for the original series, so I think he's the perfect guy to talk uh, uh, where no man has gone before with us. Absolutely, absolutely. Anyway, sorry to interrupt your uh, appetizers. I mean, you don't want to separate a man from his appetizers, so please continue. So with uh, M's recommendation, um, I finally watched the Galaxy Quest a documentary. If you're a fan of Galaxy Quest, you got to watch it. It's, it's on it's on um, Amazon Prime. And Christy, this this movie might interest you. I watched this weird time travel movie called Predestination with uh, Ethan Hawke. Um, oh. It, it you know with, with your with your background, I think it, it's kind of Twilight Zone ish. But I think um, with your with your psychological background, I think you'd find it interesting. I purchased the Star Wars uh, Rise of Skywalker Blu-ray. I haven't watched it yet, but I will. And I am reading the Star Trek uh, novel The Unsettling Stars by Alan Dean Foster. And what's interesting about this one is it takes place in a Kelvin timeline. So they are, this year they're going to release Kelvin timeline novels. Oh, Dave is so there. He, he loves the Kelvin timeline. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, we had a chance to chat with uh, Alan Dean Foster before, didn't we? We did. Uh, we this was before. No, this was. The, the, you know, this would this would have been well after um, Star Trek Nine came out. But uh, yeah, we we talked to him at Farpoint a few years ago. Yeah, yeah, it was a fantastic time. Good man. Also yep. has written also has written some incredible novels in the Star Wars universe. Yep, he has his feet in both universes. Yep. Absolutely. Well, fantastic. Well, that's a, uh, that's quite an appetizer palette you have going on there. So yep. very good. Very good. Chrissy, let's uh, bump over to you. Tell me a little bit about what's going on now that uh, winter shelters kind of done sort of kind of, but what's going on in your sci-fi world? It's, it's, it's kind of, <laughs> it's, it's become an odd spring shelter in some ways. Um, so I, don't have as much time as other people have on their hands because I'm still last week I just did my hours. I think I put in like 42, which is down from like the 45 and 50 I had been doing. Right, so that's right. good. Um, so in my spare time um, that I have, I have been making my way through the next generation. Um, I also like my original plan was to, watch all the next generation and then Picard, but then like I kind of broke down and watched Picard the entire <laughs> through. So then now um, I'm back to yeah. the next generation. I just couldn't resist. I just I just couldn't. Um yeah, so and I'm still like playing Final Fantasy and then I also spend a significant portion of my day um of like my entertainment time watching real life science fiction that we're living now. Um I really do enjoy Dr. Fossey and his updates. So, yeah, and I spend way too much time, like, looking at the um, research papers that are being put out on my mom's nursing 
forum. So I'm a little bit too much of the real life science fiction. <laughs> so I need to like get back into the <laughs> other we science what's, fiction. What's funny, what's, what's funny about um, all that is that the, this whole coronavirus way it spreads out, those of us in science fiction, we've watched bio science fiction play out like this for years. Um, with plague and you know contagion. I know, and it's a lot. I was like actually contemplating as I was driving home. I was like, you know, this whole apocalypse is a lot more boring than all the movies made it look like. I mean, yeah, I know. <laughs> Excuse me, I was promised. I was like, yeah. <laughs> Excuse me, but this is not the fun apocalypse that I was promised in the films. I like, know. I'm still going to Costco toilet paper. I'm just saying. <laughs> but Umbrella Corp is there. So. Umbrella Corp's underlying everything, so just you wait. It's going to it's gonna get real. Oh. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, they better, because I was promised a real apocalypse. That's all I know. I'm saying. Right, right, right. right. Um, but yeah, mostly, mostly Star Trek, the next generation. Like, me and Captain Picard are, like, besties now. Are you Are you still playing WoW? Um, I canceled my subscription just because, like, I was not, like, playing it enough to justify, um, Mm -hmm. paying that much a month, um, especially since I was doing both WoW and Final Fantasy, and Final Fantasy just had a better story, and I was enjoying it a lot more, um, WoW's model I was pretty much disagreeing with of, you were just basically like trying to get me to play as much as possible and not actually like giving me a rewarding experience. So I, and I decided that I was not going to become a product for them. Um, They were supposed to be a product for me, not the other way around. So until they rethink their ways. Very good. Dave, tell me a little bit about what's on your uh, appetizer tray. Oh, I've, we rewatched season two of Discovery. That was that was enjoyable. Um, really hoping that those rumors about the uh, Pike series are true. <laughs> Me too. Um, really hoping. Um, I've been rewatching the original series at night constantly. That's that's always one of my favorite go tos when I'm trying to fall asleep or I'm just that want to put something on. Uh, I've been working on reading Star Trek The Return, uh, the first book in the Shatterverse series. Oh, cool. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> it it's, it's good. It's keeping my attention, but boy, does it read like fan fiction. <laughs> I mean, it, it's, it, it's, it's good. It's um, good, but it, it definitely feels not up to the par of many of the other Star Trek novels you read. Yeah, it wouldn't hold a candle to Michael Jan Freeman or or, or any of them, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, but it's it's good. Um, And I have been playing the snot out of Star Trek Online. Uh, Any of you folks who are out there who play the game, look me up. Uh, You can find me under the name Thrawn, a guy that my character looks like Grand Admiral Thrawn from Star Wars. (laughs) Um, Yeah, look me up. Drop me a friend request or a message. Let me know who you are. Yeah, and let let it let let them know that you uh, found them from the diner. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So uh, my uh, my palette uh, not quite as expansive as Miles, uh, but uh, I too am continuing to work my way with Kiefer through TNG. 
And uh, we have just gotten past, uh, well, we're just, at, we're a few episodes past the episode where Picard and uh, Wesley are, are, are I was going to say shipwrecked, but shuttle wrecked on a planet and they try to survive and there's no water and they're trying to break into the water. You remember that episode? Oh, yeah. Um, oh, my gosh. I'm on that episode, too. Yeah, yeah. So we just, we actually finished that episode. We're a couple episodes beyond it, but that's the one that kind of stuck out. The other one where Data lies, that's that was a fun episode, too. Well, he doesn't really lie, but he's not telling Picard what he wants to know because Picard told him not to. I won't ruin anything else, but... Um, but yeah, so we're, uh, we're really enjoying that. And that's kind of one of our things that at lunch every day we sit and over lunch, watch one episode. So, um, also watching or began watching the loop. It's an Amazon show. And, uh, the thing that I like about it is it's, it feels a little bit like the X files and it's very mood driven. It's, it's, it's the, the, the music's dark. Uh, but the music creates such a great landscape for this town surrounding this mysterious artifact from space. Um, reminds me a little bit, if you ever have either read or watched Sphere by Michael Crichton, a um, little bit that that sort of feeling. Yeah, this artifact, and we don't know quite what it is. Um, and that's kind of where we're at. And it revolves or each story is kind of like its own individual story, but there's a family that it kind of all ties it together. Um, so the first one was a time traveling episode. Um, and the second one was a body swap episode and something happens where they're permanently swapped. And that's kind of interesting uh, in the second episode. And so um, it's intriguing enough. I watched the first two episodes. I've, it's not 100% gripping me. That doesn't mean it's bad. Um, I just have been prioritizing my entertainment time by playing League of Legends. I've been playing a lot of League of Legends, uh, really enjoying it. Um, also playing Star Trek Online with Dave, and we uh, we get on about once or twice a week. And uh, you can hit, you can hook me up. Uh, my name is Crechelia, so that's K R E C H E L L I A, and uh, you can just tell me that you heard. Uh, you, you were, you heard to look me up, uh, from the sci-fi diner. So, but if you want to know how to play the game, talk to Dave, because I don't think <laughs> so Dave's been spending way too many hours in it, but yeah. So uh, anyways, that was kind of my appetizer and, uh, yeah, cool. that's it. Uh, well, that sounds interesting. I'll check it out. Yeah. The first episode you'll enjoy, uh, again, if you have Amazon prime, it's absolutely free for you to watch. Uh, well, Miles, we got some pretty um, uh, raw news for those of us that have have gone grown to love shore leave, and we've just had um, eleven wonderful years at shore leave, maybe ten, and this this would have been our eleventh year, and so to hear what we heard was kind of heart wrenching, but not unexpected. Uh, Miles, do you want to share a little bit about the letter that came across and uh, pull out some highlights from it? Yeah, so I'm going to read part of the letter that uh, the uh, the shore leave committee uh, put out. Um, so it is with our deepest regrets that we have to announce the postponement of shore leave 42 due to the current uh, COVID-19 pandemic. The event will return stronger than ever, July 9th through 11th, 2021. This is the first time in our 42-year history that we have to skip a year. Recognize that our attendees save and plan for their com- 
conventions each year, and many exhibitors rely upon this event for a portion of the livelihood. We had hoped that COVID-19 concerns might lessen by summer. Continuous monitoring of health advisories and recent statements by the governor of Maryland have made it clear that holding a very social event like ours would not be prudent. Extraordinary times require extraordinary measures, and while we are sad to take this action, we know it is the right decision. We eagerly look forward to the time when we can all meet again and share in the community that we all love and enjoy uh, from the Shore Leave uh, 42 Committee. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, they had a fantastic lineup this year, too, so it is very, it is very disappointing. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, I think they they had a lot of great guests. Um, you know, you know, Star Trek, uh, Doctor Who, uh, Firefly. Um, yeah. So they would have had something for everybody. Um, the the actor plays Wedge Antilles from Star Wars. But yeah, well, this news is definitely damaging my calm. (laughs) Well said, sir. Well said. Well, you know, uh, they, they say um, uh, it looks like if you did have reservations, for those of you who are planning to go to Shore Leave, if you had reservations or having an option to transfer the registration to Shore Leave uh, 2021, uh, you can also get a refund if you need it because we realize that money is tight. Um, and um, and you can, uh, it's, uh, if you do have reservations for the hotel, you must contact the hotel itself. And uh, so... Most places are being really good about, you know, helping people, uh, you know, adjust during these uncertain times. So that's good. So, but uh, as much as I, you know, love to have seen these celebrity guests, um, you know, know, Scott, you and I have made friends with people for the last ten years. We get to see them once or twice a year, but and and maybe it's only those times. But these people become dear friends of ours. And so to not, not get to see them this year is, uh, it's heartbreaking. So I know that M was talking on the, in the chat and I thought this was a pretty fantastic idea is that the weekend of shore leave that we actually arranged to, you know, have John and Heather on maybe Lou on and some people that typically we get together and hang out with and just, uh, have a chat, you know, kind of like a dinner, like through zoom or something. And, uh, and we'd record it and then share it with everyone here in the diner. And I thought that's a fantastic idea. So it's something we do need to pursue and uh, maybe uh, may come to fruition a little bit. I, I love that idea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, um, uh, any other thoughts on that before we move on? Uh, you know what? You, we're hearing that news. Um, just if you. Go ahead, Christy. I've been talking a lot. Oh. I, I was just going to encourage our listeners that if they have particular vendors that they really like or authors that, you know, they were going to see, you know, just try and look up their websites and, you know, purchase some of the items that you would have purchased online and help support them if you have the ability to do so. Um, it's because, as the letter says, you know, many people do rely on this for a portion of their livelihood. You know, some people rely on going to multiple um, events to really get through. Um, yeah. So a lot of people are going to be hurting because of that. And let me take this a step further, Chrissy. I think you bring up a good point. Uh, those of you listening, if you go to shore leave and you are missing shore leave this year and you would like to, I don't know, 
you know, hear from the vendors and uh, say, hey, maybe they could be interviewed by the Sci-Fi Diner. We'd be happy to bring them on and just chat with them. And um, we often bring in guests like Michael Jan Freeman as a part of uh, our pilots and stuff like that. But we can bring them on as an interview as well. And we'd be happy to chat about what they bring to the uh, sci-fi community and the fantasy community. And so uh, just uh, shoot an email to the Sci-Fi Diner podcast at gmail.com and, and we'll take a look into that. Or you can, you know, message us on Facebook or on Twitter or anything like that. So. All right. Well, Miles. We'll have an online con. There yeah, you go. Yeah. Well, I think I, I think there it would be interesting to do that. I don't know if we would be able to reach out to some of the guests and say, hey, you know, our con is canceled. Would you be interested in coming on and just sharing a little bit about your work? Uh, that might be something to kind of, uh, you know, hit up and uh, kind of check out. You know what? Worst thing says no. That's right. That's right. We would have to find out their publicity information and how to contact them. Mm-hmm. Uh, many of them are, uh, are like on Twitter or on Facebook. And so maybe we can message some of the fan groups and see if we can get in contact with some of them. Mm-hmm. But Chrissy's point about the merchants that there was a good, good point. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, I'm actually going to probably do that. Um, there's a guy that sells these custom-made um, ornaments, Christmas ornaments. Uh, he also has these great models, Star Trek models and Star Wars models too. But um, he didn't have any uh, Stranger Things um, ornaments there at the time. But he says he makes them, so I plan on ordering a, a couple of those for my niece uh, for for later. Okay. Um, I was thinking of the of the game vendor, uh, Dave. You'll know who I mean here. Yes. Yes. Um, I do. Uh, you, you know, every year I go there and I try to, I try to, um, I try to like, uh, you know, try to pick up some of the uh, game. I forget what the name of his, uh, thing is. Let me see if I can find it. I don't it. remember off the top of my head. Yeah. Um, I'm looking, see if they have zombie. Da, 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 da. I'm looking through the list here, but Regardless, you know, he, he's someone that I, you know, I try to support and I can always, I don't always get the cheapest games there. Like you can find them on Amazon many times cheaper, but uh, it's still a pretty, uh, it's a pretty, it's a pretty nice thing to go there and pick up a game and then bring a game home. Right. I know oh, that definitely. you, I know that you picked up games from him, right? Oh yeah. Yes, I have. Right. Several. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to my wallet chagrin yeah yeah so. yeah maybe to your wife's chagrin too sometimes but well yeah there's that there's <laughs> yeah yeah all right um so anyways let's move on here uh uh miles you've been figuring out ways that we can spend quarantine and uh it's so what's in our uh what's in our first plate here that we're serving up so we're just gonna talk about some time travel tv shows there's, I'm sure there's a couple on this list that at least um, all of us have, have, have watched at one time. Um, but but you can go back and watch these again because most of them are on some kind of streaming service. Or if you really want to watch this one, you could uh, purchase it on, on Amazon Prime. But uh, So we'll just start with number nine. And I'll, I'll ask you guys if uh, you ever saw this one. Um, and um, the, fir- the first one, but we'll go from nine to one, uh, Journeyman 
Um, it came out around 2007, 2008. I watched it. I enjoyed it, but it only lasted one season. It was on NBC. Did any, any of you watch it? I did no. not. I did not. Okay. Uh, it's not available on streaming. It's not available on DVD, though. Um, the next one on the list, I got this article from Sci-Fi Channel. This is on Hulu. Uh, it's 11-22-63. It's about the, uh, the, the Kennedy assassination. Um, I saw it. I thought it was pretty good. Did any of you ever, ever see this one? So, so yeah. So this one is based on a Stephen King book, and I and I read the Stephen King book, and the Stephen King novel is absolutely amazing. And the only reason I haven't gone back to it because it's a pretty long novel, uh, but it's on my list to read again because I enjoyed it that much. And I did know they built a TV show out of it. I never watched it, but I would recommend it based on the fact that Stephen King, you know, is kind of scripting it. So. Uh, next one on the list is Life on Mars. This came out uh, around uh, 2008, 2009 on ABC. It's a remake from a from a, the British version. The British ha- have a version of Life on Mars. Um, a, a guy wakes up from present day to the 1970s, and he's living his life out in the 1970s. It's available on Amazon Prime for purchase. That was pretty good. Any of you watch that one? I heard oh. of it. I think I may have seen the British version. Okay. Point. So the British one, I'm going to have to track down. I won't mind seeing that. Uh, the next one, I'm sure, I'm, I'm definitely sure at least one or two of you have seen this one. Uh, <laughs> Doctor Who. Uh, now I'm surprised this one is um, not available on other streaming services. It used to be on Netflix and I, th- I think on uh, Amazon. Yeah, so they uh, it has to do with rights. And Doctor Who's always been kind of hard to hard to find. Uh, I have watched every single episode of the new Doctor Who from uh, Get the Eleventh Doctor on um, up till uh, this current season. I have not watched. Kiefer and I have not watched this current season, which I believe is over. And um, but we've we've watched everything else, and uh, and I've really really have enjoyed Doctor Who. And it's fun. It's cheeky at times. And did, go ahead. Did you know you cannot actually watch every episode of Doctor Who? Right. Uh, we're, you're talking the old. Because you're talking the old episodes. I'm, I'm talking. I'm talking like you cannot watch every single episode ever of Doctor Who because some of them got destroyed, and there's actually an entire almost like. Yeah, weird film archaeology that has been going on to like recreate as many episodes as possible. I did so, and those are some of the uh, those are from the doctor, some of the earlier doctors, some of the earlier episodes that got destroyed. I think I want to say in a fire, but I, uh, I'm I'm not sure. I did I did hear about that, but I haven't watched that far back. I only picked up with I Echo think the BBCs burned them because they needed space. They did, they did. But wow, <laughs> but. Yeah, I, I've watched yeah. on YouTube. There be short clips of where one doctor meets another doctor, and they actually did this a lot. I mean, I thought it was just a novel idea. You know, they, they did that with the one Christmas episode with um, with, with with Tennant and Matt Smith um, working together, and then, but they've actually done this throughout the seventies and eighties. Oh yeah, you know, this is it was actually pretty, fairly common. Right, it was kind of cool. Yep. 
The next one, this was not on my radar. I didn't know, I didn't know this was out, but uh, it's called Making History. It's, it's more of a comedy. I mean, it was sci-fi, but 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 more for for, for comedy. Uh, it's available on Amazon for purchase. Uh, yeah, I didn't watch it. Uh, did any of you guys, uh, Chrissy, Dave, did you guys watch it? No. Yeah. No, mm-hmm. I've heard that one. No. Like I said, this was not on my radar. I didn't even know this was on. <laughs> well, number four, you're p- pulling up a classic, Miles. Oh yeah, uh, Quantum Leap on NBC. Uh, com. You can watch still watch there. It, it might be available on other streaming services with Scott Bakula. Uh, I, I like Quantum Leap. It, it was kind of it was more episodic, where you know he would have his adventure during that one episode, and really wouldn't have. You know, it wasn't like a lot of TV shows are now, where it's uh, more serialized. But um, yeah, that was another great time travel show for. And I think it had a lot of mainstream appeal too back in the day. I only watched maybe one episode of that. I never got into it. Ah, uh, that was a great one. Did you watch a lot of that, Dave? Yes, finally one on this list so far that I've actually seen. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, I've watched that one. It's good watching Captain Archer jump back in his younger days oh yeah yeah Yeah, definitely and chrissy did you watch a quantum leap at all um i think i caught like a couple episodes here and there yeah it wasn't again it wasn't something that stuck out to me it was on my radar i went i wasn't watching a lot of tv when it was out um miles i know you're a fan of number three definitely um and this is what I'm, i'm caught up on it's outlander the first, uh, I think, three seasons are available on Netflix, but it's, it, they're airing the the, um, the new episodes on Stars. Uh, what I like about this is they're dealing with a woman from the 20th century traveling back to the past, and just her worldview and values butting up against people's worldview and values back then. It's 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 interesting. It's almost interesting philosophy study in a sense because it's um, it's a battle of ideas at times right. throughout the show. Right. And, and did, that, wait oh, be, before you move on, Dave. Did you watch Outlander at all, Chrissy? Did you watch Outlander? No. No. I read the book, and all I can say is that it was an amazing book up until the time that she got married, and then. I got kind of exhausted reading about how much rolling in the hay there was, so I'm not really sure. <laughs> right, right. Well, how they could have actually done that the, much the, rolling the, in the hay. It doesn't change in the series, but you know. <laughs> I was like, I'm like, you guys have got to be exhausted. I mean, I'm exhausted for you all reading this, so like, I I stopped because I I was like, I I want to read about you know. Scottish history. Well, they were making they, they were making history already. This. <laughs> <laughs> the world moved a lot, apparently. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, yeah. Scott, was that a Sticks reference? Yeah. Yep. Okay. <laughs> well, something that's not really yeah. a battle uh, of ideas or philosophical legends of tomorrow on Netflix. It's available on Netflix and, and the CW app. Okay. But it's fun. Okay. 
Well, your number your number one is one of my all time favorite time travel shows. Yeah, this was a great uh, timeless timeless. Um, I- I'm sorry they, did- I'm sorry it only lasted a short while, but at least I got a chance to um, finish the story. Yeah, that was that was a great time travel show. It was indeed. Mm-hmm. Um, really enjoyed it. In fact, I show the first episode of that to my students every year. And uh, I use it because we we do a, I do a short unit on time travel, and uh, this is the episode I use. So your classes must be fun. Well, sometimes not. I've I've turned a lot of people onto uh, timeless throughout the throughout the uh, years it's been on, but as long as it's a student teacher teaching. <laughs> what do you mean? There you go, Miles. I got one in for you. Oh uh, no. It's, <laughs> Actually, when I teach time travel, typically my student teachers are no longer with me. So, oh, okay. So, touche, touche. <laughs> so, well, my understanding is we have some. Uh, do you want to do the shows that are coming up, or do you want me to talk a little bit about this? Uh, the idea that Universal is rethinking how it's distributing movies. Let that needs more timely. Yeah, Let's let- talk about. Uh- what universal and movies yeah so this came from indie wire so you know i don't know how much of a uh um you know the reputable the reputableness of the source but the story you know kind of came down today i uh, said universal just told the world that theaters are no longer the priority um and so this is after the premium video and demand success of trolls the world tour theaters are still important but studios will use them as they see fit is kind of the uh, catchphrase. And then they go on to say very early this morning, Universal Studios dropped the bomb courtesy of the Wall Street Journal. So I guess that's reputable. Uh, No matter how or when theaters reopen, premium VOD is going to be a part of its new normal. So kind of pushed that out. And I think we've been kind of asking for that in some ways for a while now. Um, Crediting a person familiar with the matter of the premium VOD release of Trolls World Tour generated $100 million in revenue in three weeks, more than the original Trolls did in its time in the theaters in 2017. And in case that wasn't clear enough, a quote from parent company CEO Jeff Schell took a highlighter to it. As soon as theaters reopened, we expect to release movies on both formats. Universal has been a leader in bringing its titles to VOD, both with Movies that saw the releases truncated by the pandemic, The Invisible Man, Emma, and The Hunt, followed by Trolls World Tour, and now Judd Apatow's The King of Staten Island, which Universal announced the day before the Wall Street Journal report. Um, so yeah, the so they're just saying that this is something that they are looking at um, doing. And uh, here here's some of the reasons. I think this is important to also get. Um, because it becomes a, it's a really a discussion of numbers when we get down to it. Like what, what's making the studio money? Um, so in 2016, Trolls grossed $153 million in North America for a $346 million and $346 million worldwide. At a 55% split with theaters, that would generate about $84 million domestic and perhaps $173 million worldwide. Um, the video and demand splits are much higher. According to wall street journal, they were around 80% for trolls world tour, which may be unusually high for the premium VOD for the studio to accrue a hundred million revenue. That would mean VOD 
of EOD gross of $125 million. With domestic rental charge of 1999, the UK is about the same. That would mean about 6.25 million transactions. Um, so it does, it kind of makes it a, a extraordinary successful experiment. So basically, it's making money when it comes down to it. That's the long and the short of it. And we had I thought we'd talked about this before on the show that this is something that. You know, what does this mean for theaters? Are people going to do this? When theaters reopen, I would imagine some of those numbers will go down, but I can see studios pushing this, especially if they're making more money off of it. Well, yeah, I mean, we rented that. We actually rented that movie the other weekend. My daughter wanted to watch it. At 20 bucks for a 48-hour rental. I mean, for us, it was substantially cheaper than actually going to the theater. Oh yeah. You can't beat the price. And, you, know, you, you can't beat the price at all. And really, even, even when things do open back up, how many people are actually going to feel comfortable for the first year, six months of actually going and sitting in a theater? Well, and beyond that, you know, look at the, the financial place when they open up, there's a lot of people that are living paycheck to paycheck that are uh, that are suffering financially under the COVID nineteen. There's just it's gonna the 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 extraneous spending that we sometimes do. We're gonna be holding a little bit more tightly to our finances because of COVID nineteen. Exactly. And this is and so a nineteen ninety nine dollar movie versus me paying almost that much per ticket for a family of three. I just saved myself a bunch of money, not to mention I can make my own popcorn and buy my own soda. Right. Yeah, exactly right. And with the prevalence of streaming abilities in every in households now, it just makes it just makes financial sense for for movie companies to do that. Yeah. Chrissy, what are I your don't thoughts know. on this? I'm seeing a lot of protesting. <laughs> I was just thinking to myself, I don't know, I'm seeing a lot of protesting of people who just want to go get a haircut. Um, I'm not sure that the fear factor that should be there is to actually there for people. And and I'm not going to go into the whole protesting. I'm I'm just saying that people have made it clear, a group of, a significant group of people have made it clear that they do not want, they are not willing and they do not think that their lives should be as disrupted as it is and they want to go back to normal life and normal living and so on and this is the interesting thing that i see um two different kind of groups of people that are emerging um which are when i'm talking with you know all all sorts of people because of my job is i have one set who is basically like I am never leaving my house again. I come home and I shower in Lysol. And then I have another group of people who basically are like, virus, like, um, I don't care. I want to continue to live my life and do my thing. So I'm not really sure how this is all going to play out. Um, And it also depends on how effective the vaccine is that is being developed um, right. is whether or not it's similar to like the smallpox vaccine, which, you know, I don't think has really changed in 
50 years or if this is going to be more like a flu vaccine where we need to get it new every year. Um, it really right. kind of depends on on that factor, I think. Um, and so are people, yeah, initially people are probably, you know, going to want to like save their money and stay home. But then there's also something to be said about the theater experience yeah, that there is. No so doubt. I think that it's, it's definitely going to change um, things. It might make it so that the theater experience is somehow like made more like they're going to, they're definitely going to have to like up their game. Um, and I think that at least theaters around here have already started doing that. Like Penn cinema. I mean, their chairs got upgraded you know, a couple years back. And, you know, I think there's some theaters that now like let you have like wine and beer, like in the movie theater itself. So I think that what we'll probably see is we'll see an adjustment of theaters, making it more of a, um, like an experience to go to them. Well, we, we had, we had to talk about that. They're going to have to. Yeah. I think we had to talk about that in one of the shows that, Making the theater theater an experience to go, that it's something that when you go, it's like almost novel to go to the theater instead of just something that you just do because you're bored. I think Dave, you were talking about right. that. In one so of the I, I think that. Yeah. Go ahead, Chris. Yeah. So I think that there, um, there's that, and I think we're also going to maybe see like less "quote unquote" duds hit the theater. Um, so maybe like, it might be good. It might be bad. We might see a lot more uh, almost like direct to DVD sort of quality stuff getting churned out. I don't, so it's going to be very interesting. Like, I definitely think like all of the industries are going to be adjusting after this. So, I mean, movie theaters are just one of the many, um, things especially as people are able to get, you know, big projectors and like project their movies at home. So, well, we'll see. Yeah. Miles, what are your thoughts on this? Uh, I I pretty much echo what Chrissy said. You're going to have, as far as, there's going to be a large part of the population that's going to be a little leery about going out in public, but there's going to be other part of the population that are just so um, tired of being isolated and, and want their, um, you know, semblance of their old lives back in the things they enjoyed. Um, they'll, they'll want to hit the movie theater. Um, but, I, but like you talked about movie theaters trying to make it more of an experience. I mean, I mean, these days, you, if there's a movie you want to watch that's been around for a while, you could probably find it streaming someplace. So whatever, it's going to have to be a movie that you want to you know spend a lot of money to go see. And so what they'll do is, well, what they, what, another thing they they do for like a lot of the big sci-fi action blockbusters. They had, they've had these for the last couple of years, uh, these big cardboard cutouts. When we, so, when we went to go see Solo a few years ago, they had like the bridge of the Millennium Falcon in, in a big cardboard cutout. But it was still it was still pretty cool, and you get your picture in there. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, they had a similar setup. You, you get a picture with the Guardians of the Galaxy. I could see more stuff like that. So it's more of an, an immersive experience than just 
going to go see a movie and buy a bucket of popcorn. Yeah. Well, what about uh, one of the other things I thought that was touted a little bit uh, was the potential of bringing back the uh, drive-in movie theaters. Because I talk about something that would be COVID friendly. You just pull up in a car. You don't have to get out of your car. You can, uh, you know, tune in, um, tune in on a, um, uh, on a on a certain channel on your radio and uh, watch a movie from uh, from the confines of your car. That that would be amazing. Yeah. I'm I'm young and old enough to remember the last drive-in theater we had in this era. Columbia in, Drive. In Columbia. Columbia. Oh yeah, it, it, that's where I saw Star Wars Episode Two. Um, yeah, that that would have been great. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, I saw uh, Men in Black there and Jurassic Park Three. Ah. So, all I remember is the Velociraptors like coming in through that grass field toward the one guy, and you're like, "Oh crap! Oh crap! Oh crap!" And it was great. <laughs> it was like on the big screen and. Yeah, it was fantastic. I enjoyed that. That would be interesting if, because of the virus, that drive-in theaters uh, experience a revival of popularity. Mm-hmm. Now, just a revival of existence. I mean, most of them are, are, are closed, but uh, but I, I could see them coming back yeah. as this. Yeah. Well, you know, I have a, I have a big field here that we can uh, kind of uh, build trees around and uh, put up a screen and... Dave, if you want to invest in Miles and Chrissy, we can like go at it. I would be willing to check them. <laughs> I that. can totally see your wife being like, "Sure, let's do this thing." Yeah, uh, yeah, it would. Uh, it would be another uh, be another avenue of film. <laughs> so, yeah. but, well, that'd be great, and it wouldn't be noisy. There'd be a little bit of light pollution from it, but you know, it wouldn't be noisy. Yeah. Because it'd be all on internal radio. Be Just great. make sure that it it well make maybe you could make it like perpendicular to the the B and B and have like some nice tall trees. Well, yeah, there, like, yeah you could like say to you, block it. Yeah, so you could block it, and you wouldn't want to block the farmland view necessarily. So uh, we'd have to we'd have to figure it out. So. Just do it on the other side of the barn. Yeah. Well, you know, we could do that. We had that meadow back there, but we do use that for events. So we would have to, we'd have to, we'd have to, we'd have to think about this. It's got potential. It does. It does. We won't plan anything yet. But. I don't know why we're not doing this right now. <laughs> uh, well, um, that was a great discussion. It, it'll be interesting. Scott to see. gets a projector. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Excuse to buy equipment, but. <laughs> Well, uh, one more thing that we do want to talk about before we uh, move into uh, interview, and I might just release, we're, we're getting long here, so maybe we'll wrap it up here with this, and that is The Rise of Skywalker on Disney+. And I think that, Dave, you put this in here for May 4th. Do you want to tell us a little bit about this? Yeah, May the 4th, uh, International Star Wars Day. Absolutely. Uh, any Star Wars fan knows about that. Disney Plus is releasing the entire Skywalker saga. All nine movies on uh, on Disney Plus. Well, now aren't all nine movies already there? Um, all except Rise of Skywalker. Okay, so they're so, bringing that, that. That's the new. That'll be the newest edition. Yeah, so you'll be able to get up in the morning and start it and and finish by midnight. 
Sounds like a plan for me. Maybe. Maybe I'll, I'll have to see if I can convince Chris to let me do it. That's Monday, right? That's correct. I got to teach school, though. Maybe after that. Ah. <laughs> Wait, May the 4th? Yeah. That's a Monday. No, that's a Thursday. No, it's Monday. No, nah, it's Monday. Next Monday. Yeah. Oh, I'm looking. I'm looking at the wrong. I'm looking at. Yeah, sorry. No. no. I thought I was. Yeah. I went too far. You're right. It's Monday. So Star Wars. Colin's sick. Yeah. So you have. So you have. Say I have the coronavirus. No. You have COVID. You, COVID. COVID. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? My student teacher's still teaching. I can make her teach. There we go. There you go. <laughs> She's got to learn. <laughs> That's right. Uh, no, won't do that. Um, you're, oh. you're coughing. You have to go get tested. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I got to wait for a test to come available. But, well, uh, we're going to we're gonna begin to wrap the show. I know we had some more information, Miles, that you put in there, but uh, I feel like we've uh, done a good show here with some great discussion. We're going to, I think, release the interview that we did with um, – Brent Larson uh, in a separate episode after this, but maybe we can uh, kind of end by just talking about our interview uh, with Brett Larson. Um, did you want to, uh, Dave, you were in on that interview. Do you want to tell us a little bit about what that was like? I was, it was, it was fun. Um, the guy was really cool to talk to. Um, we shared a commonality of GI Joe comics from 1983. It's what got him into the, uh, into the, uh, the comic world. Um, his, uh, the comic he wrote is called Kalis. Uh, nothing to do with Kalis the Unforgettable from Star Trek. Um, it was about an astronaut who left in what the sixties and ended up going through some kind of, time portal, time warp, whatever, and wound up back more like present time. Um, there's a lot of government conspiracy, CIA cover up and all this about his own, about his existence to begin with and what his mission was. Um, I've got it on order. I just got a confirmation. So hopefully it'll be here for too awful long. I'm interested in reading it. That sounded right up my alley, but, uh, no, the guy was, uh, he was really cool. Yeah, a real nice really cool. guy. And, yeah, he does it, and he, and, he, and he does some videos. We'll put links in the uh, show notes so you can like check it out. But he has his own video series. It's kind of provocative and really makes you think. And uh, but a real nice guy to talk to, and uh, well worth supporting his endeavor into comics here. And he had written for comics for quite a while, but I think this is like first original comic. Yeah, yeah, I believe you're right. So. Uh, so very good. So uh, we hope you enjoy that. We'll begin we'll release that as, as like a separate episode since this uh, show is kind of run about an hour long here. Uh, but we appreciate you coming and joining us here. Well, not really joining us, you know, coming and taking takeout here as we've sat and discussed uh, the many things that are happening in sci-fi and some things that maybe you can do while you're hunkered down into the into quarantine and uh, um, and looking for things to keep you occupied. So, yep. So I believe that that's anything else for the good of the order before we uh, jet out here. No, I think we covered it. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, Miles, why don't you go ahead and take us out of the show? All right. Till next time. Good night and good luck. We'll see ya. Leave your tips on the table. Hey, go boldly. <laughs> I was waiting for the leave your tips on the table thing.